Good evening, dummies. Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. Yes, I called you dummies. Please don't get upset. I'll explain what dummies are. It's not an insult. We will make this happen together. Episode 252 in the house tonight. I know it says 251, but we'll get it in post. Episode 252, what are we talking about tonight? Roberto Beto O'Rourke, the Mexican Irishman, has come out of the proverbial cave to talk to us about being the governor of Texas. I'm interested, and I'm here to tell you my thoughts on Beto and let you know why it would be a horrible idea. Stay tuned. Hello to all the dummies online watching us live. We'll be right back. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Welcome, welcome. I get some questions once in a while of who is the lovely lady talking on the show. That is my wife, Olivia. She did the voiceover. I have to find that audio track because, man, it's too good to pass up. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. I said dummies. What does that mean? Well, the dummies are the don't unfriend me's. It's not an insult. Barstool Sports has stoolies. We have dummies. One of our viewers came up with it. Hillary Clinton called us deplorable, so dummies just fits. It's not an insult. It's just an acronym and what you're called. Whether you've watched one episode or 252 after tonight, you are officially a dummy. Speaking of dummies, you can get all the wonderful dummies gear on donutfriendly.com. Click on shop. You can get the brand new Let's Go Brandon shirt. We also have a We the Parents Plays off the We the People for all the school craziness going on right now. It's a really good-looking shirt. And the most popular, the 13 Star, as you see here, you can find all made in America, veteran-made, made in the USA, veteran-owned and operated. The shirts are amazing. Please stop on by, take a look, and if you wouldn't mind, please pick up a shirt. Last but not least, I know we're getting all this out of the way. At Don't Unfriend Me Show is where you can find me on all my handles. You can put that into Google or you can go to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Anchor, Rumble, all of the places that you normally would watch movies, shows, and videos. And I am there stalking you as you stalk me. Let's get into 252. Thank you for your time and patience. Let's roll. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Will the real Slim Shady... Please stand up. Robert Beto O'Rourke is the real Slim Shady. To that, there is no doubt. It could be the fact that he is indeed slim and tall. These aforementioned attributes usually are synonymous with one another. And not to be racially insensitive, with a name like Beto, you would think that it would be his skin color that apply itself to the moniker. But you would be, again, incorrect. Robert is not the elusive Irish Mexican that is fabled to roam the lands right up there with Pedro El Negro, the Black Peter, or Lucky from Lucky Charms, who are both magically delicious from all fabled accounts. No, this is a classic tale of cultural appropriation. You know the thing that leftists have been melting down over for years now? The same wokeism that no longer allows white kids to dress as Lando Calrissian, or a lady for, of any persuasion other than Oriental to wear a kimono dress. You guessed it. Robert is the whitest of white guys with a Latino handle that is designed to confuse the voters into assuming they are getting a Don Juan, but in reality are getting a Don Quixote. 
Do you know who Don Quixote is? I'm assuming you don't, so let me tell you. In case my listeners are not caught up on their 17th century Spanish literature, Don Quixote concerns the eponymous would-be knight-errant whose delusions of grandeur made him the butt of many practical jokes. In this case, it is as fitting as any other titles applied to Roberto. Don stumbles into a series of comedic misadventures in which Quixote imagines the mundane world of the Spanish countryside as something more exciting and dangerous than it is. In one memorable episode, he attacks a row of windmills, believing to be gigantic knights. And this is the source of the common phrase, tilting at windmills, to mean attacking imagined enemies. Quixote evades attempts by friends and countrymen to safely bring him back home while proving himself, despite his obvious madness, to be good and honorable and winning Panza's admiration and devotion. And after numerous humiliations, he finally casts aside his disillusionment, returns home, and dies. Now, the parallels to Roberto are uncanny, except for the go-home-and-die part of the story, but after his last shellacking in the area of politics, most expected or prayed for him to simply be put out to the proverbial strawberry pastures and never return. Alas, we are not that lucky. So much for the trobol de cuatro hojas. Oh, sorry, the luck of the four-leaf clover. Former U.S. Representative Beto O'Rourke has announced that he will challenge Republican Greg Abbott for the governorship of Texas in 2022 as he criticized the current administration's divisive politics. In a tweet on Monday, O'Rourke, the former El Paso congressman in 2018 and the U.S. Senate nominee and the 2020 Democratic presidential contender, said that he was running to make progress on the things that most Texans, Texans actually agree about that. More on that in a moment. In a flaccid display of Roberto grandstanding, his boyish-like charm and always-present jerking while he speaks takes you back to a fairer time when people actually believed his Kennedy-esque speaking style, but then are subsequently reminded of his torrential policies that are doused in socialist nonsensical hysteria. Texas voters remember Roberto from his failed senatorial bid against Republican incumbent Ted Cruz, and all the race was sold to be a purple monster, the red rural areas, areas do what they always do and kept the state red. O'Rourke was funded by Bloomberg and Soros as millions of dollars were placed on the losing horse, and in the end, Roberto supporters were left with a lackluster campaign slogan to support the sombrero-wearing Irishman. I love him more than I hate Ted Cruz. It's catchy, but it doesn't win you an election. Hindsight is indeed 2020. Well, except for 2020. But that is not only a double entendre, but something we're not getting into tonight. He got closer than anyone thought he would to beating Ted Cruz in Texas, and lots of people came to his rallies. But as we know, rallies do not indicate success necessarily. Otherwise, Basement Joe would be eating chicken noodle soup covered in an Afghan blanket and watching Matlock. Instead, he is the leader of the <coughs> free world. Anywho, let's be transparent. Ted Cruz was going to get smacked around that year anyway. Speedy Gonzalez could have run against Theodore and had a strong showing. Republicans were mad at Cruz for not supporting Trump at the Republican National Convention, and months later, the Democrats came out in droves when he finally buckled and kissed the ring, so to speak, of Trump. And when we hear the word close, 220,000 votes isn't exactly a Preakness photo finish, but it was enough to urge Roberto to take a shot at the title and run for president. 
The headlines were glorious. If Beto can't win Texas, how can he possibly expect to win enough states for the electorate? It's easy. He's Don Quixote. Let's put aside the question of whether Beto is a good politician for the moment and just consider the matter of what he actually believes. On policy, Beto has, at best, a lot of work to do, and at worst, absolute shit all. Beto could work very hard to produce a robust and solid policy platform that's both good on the merits and distinguishes him from other candidates, but it's unlikely because specifics are just not his brand. He agrees that the problems are bad and thinks we need to have a long, hard look at the solutions. But that answer lost him his other bids, and third time isn't the charm. So let's go to the next question on immigration. Beto gave an embarrassing interview to the Washington Post in in late January and asked about an ad of his that noted most undocumented immigrants are here because they overstayed their visas and what he would do about that. He said, I don't know. He then suggested the U.S. could work with Mexico to better track entries and exits, but the vast majority of people who come into this country on visas and overstay don't come from or through Mexico. There are hundreds of thousands of people who come from places like Germany, Brazil, the United Kingdom, and Canada who overstay their visas and never pass through Mexico. It betrayed a complete lack of understanding of the broader issues at work, as well as his instinct to immediately posture about how he wouldn't be soft on immigration because his name is Beto. During his presidential election, he stated, I just want to get to better things for this country. Can you imagine a more meaningless statement for a candidate to make, particularly with regard to their ideology? How does that distinguish you from a Republican who I'm sure would also claim that they want better things, let alone other Democrats? You don't necessarily have to say you're a socialist or a liberal or a progressive, but in the absence of a label, you do need some actual policies or vision or, heaven forbid, ideology that lets voters know what the hell you're all about. But Beto is better is betting that saying things like, I want America to be good instead of bad, is enough to get elected. But for everyone not named Beto O'Rourke, the question is not whether being gifted communicator is a good reason to run. It is whether you, the voter, want a Democrat candidate whose reason for running is being good at talking. Beto is running to be the Democratic nominee for governor, not to convince a bunch of consultants that he would make a good candidate. We also can't assume Beto's skill in his Senate race will translate to the gubernational race. We just saw this in Virginia. Nobody supports liberal ideas for our children and education. Roberto is running on one platform, the once-in-a-century perfect storm that flatlined the Texas power grid during the February storm. And this outcome was going to happen no matter who was in office. And if you think a Democratic Socialist... Greenpeace advocate was going to invest in a multi-billion dollar infrastructure bill that was centered on oil and gas. I have another another story about an Irish-Mexican immigrant who became president to tell you about. Least we forget about the kiss of death in Texas when Beto addressed a crowd and said the following, Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47, O'Rourke famously said to a roaring applause from a crowd at Texas Southern University. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Now, this may not have been a big deal in, let's say, California, but he's running for governor in a state with the most gun owners in the nation against an incumbent who routinely touts his record on relaxing firearm restrictions. 
Now, Beto's coming out video is one uh, is one that is more of the same from this one's golden boy hopeful for the Democratic Party. Let's watch it now. I'm running for governor, and I want to tell you why. This past February, when the electricity grid failed and millions of our fellow Texans were without power, which meant that the lights wouldn't turn on, the heat wouldn't run, and pretty soon their pipes froze and the water stopped flowing, they were abandoned by those who were elected to serve and look out for them. It's a symptom of a much larger problem that we have in Texas right now. Those in positions of public trust have stopped listening to, serving, and paying attention to, and trusting the people of Texas. And so they're not focused on the things that we really want them to do like making sure that we have a functioning electricity grid or that we're creating the best jobs in America right here in Texas or that we have world-class schools or that we make progress on the things that most of us actually agree on, like expanding Medicaid or legalizing marijuana. Now, there is so much to unpack here. I will try and stay on the surface level. But really listening to what Roberto is saying, and if you listen close, you will hear the sweet nothings you have ever heard. The key word being nothing. Everything out of his mouth after the words, I'm running for governor, is laced in mistruths and a detachment from what Texans actually want. Let's address first off that O'Rourke treats millions of people like they're infantile simpletons who can't comprehend what it means when you say the power went out. We are forced to listen to almost a full minute of amigo-splaining, mansplaining. But I have to give Beto credit here. While Ted Cruz was headed to Cancun, Beto did his part to assist, reaching out to seniors and ensuring over 151,000 families were contacted. It was a brilliant, politically captured show of leadership. But the whole thing was a plant, and it isn't that Beto washed away the pains of the state. He could have helped one old lady cross the street, and it would seem to be a level of selflessness that rivaled Mother Teresa against the backdrop of Ted Cruz. Unemployment rates? Well, Roberto, you failed to mention that Democrats own eight out of the top 10 highest unemployment deficits in the nation. I wouldn't bet the bean farm on Roberto being able to help Texas with their unemployment problems, which predominantly come from the democratically run cities like El Paso, you know? Roberto's old stomping grounds were in El Paso, if you didn't know that either. World-class schools that will ensure your kids are raised with CRT and their right to use whatever bathroom they choose. Listen, Texas may not be the top-rated state in education, but it does have one of the highest ratings for safety. The state has had massive strides since 2016, as one of the worst, and is now flirting with the middle-of-the-pack results. The truth is California and Texas both are poor at education. For some of the same reasons, overpopulation in the inner cities and the public school model in Texas is based on homeowners' taxes to fund their districts. It creates parity and anchors for benchmarks. Do the Republicans have the answer? No. But either does Beto. It is more of the same. We need great schools, but that's the limit to his plan. How about legalizing marijuana, expanding Medicaid? Isn't that interesting? What a contradiction. About 1.4 million more Texans would become eligible for Medicaid coverage if this state were to expand its program, and about 75% of them would be people of color, which I, of course, agree with if that is what the people want. But in the same breath, you link legalizing marijuana and saying it would be a good thing, but then fail to mention that Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill to modestly expand the state's limited medical marijuana program. 
The legislation adds cancer and post-traumatic stress disorder to the list of conditions that qualify patients to legally access cannabis. Now, I won't mention your mishaps with the law, Beto, but driving while impaired is one of the most serious outcomes from legalizing marijuana. Along with creating steep costs for society and taxpayers that far outweigh its tax revenues. Legalizing marijuana increases use by teens with harmful results. That should be great for your educational platform recovery. It's a really small vision for such a big state, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I know that together we can get back to being big again because I saw that in February when the electricity grid failed and those in power failed all of us. It was the people of Texas who were willing to put their differences behind them and get to work doing the job at hand, which meant helping our fellow Texans get through that crisis. We did this out of a sense of duty and responsibility to one another. Now imagine if the governor of Texas felt that same way. Make Texas big again? You've got to be shitting me. I can't wait for the red campaign hats. Texas hasn't shrunk, Roberto. It has grown and is one of the go-to destinations for people fleeing, fleeing Democratic policy. How quickly you forgot, Robert, Hurricane Harvey. It was a Category 4 storm that hit Texas on August 25th, 2017. It caused $125 billion in damage. That's more than any other natural disaster in U.S. history except Hurricane Katrina. Total rainfall hit 60.5 inches in Texas, a record for a single storm in the continental U.S. that created an unprecedented 1,000-year flood event. Nothing of that size has happened within modern recorded history. Flooding covered southeast Texas the size of the state of New Jersey. 30 inches of rain fell on an area near the coast the size of the state of Maryland. And I can link thousands of articles of this being a state that came together. No matter the color, religion, creed, or economic status, the state of Texas banded together. Where Mattress Mac McInvale opened his doors and destroyed his showroom worth hundreds of thousands of dollars so mud-soaked Texans could sleep. From the levees that flooded the lower cities to the Cajun Navy using their boats to rescue animals, humans, and anything else that they could muster. To the human chain out of Chick-fil-A to rescue a stranded person, that state came together. And Governor Greg Abbott was there through it all. And he fought for Texas and got $125 billion in federal relief that they needed. And as this horrible hurricane was not his fault at all, either was a freak cold front that was never expected or planned for. But they did survive. They did preserve. And Greg Abbott was at the helm again. Now, Roberto, you may think this is personal, and why would a no-name podcast take you to the watershed over this? Well, it's pretty simple. Politicians like you have been treading on the great state of Texas's name for too long. You chastise the leadership in place when you should withdraw your ire. You could actually recognize the work that was done and pay homage to your state by not using it as political fodder. You dishonor the victims from both tragedies and play on people's emotions that went through these horrific events. In other words, people like me. I was there during Harvey. I didn't sleep for five days as we waited for the levees to break or the reservoirs to overflow. We saw ourselves surrounded by water and unable to escape. We lived through the events. All the while, our neighbors hunkered down as we came together. And the next event... I was 1,400 miles away as friends of mine once again huddled together for warmth and wondered how they would make it through this time.
So pardon my display of doubt when you promised to be the next Kennedy to lead us to the promised land. There was only one RFK, and his name wasn't Beto. It was Robert. He never hid from who he was, and he had enough decency never to tread on a tragedy to win an election, and he went through one of the worst tragedies any brother, let alone a nation, could go through. So, Roberto, please do us a favor. Please go back to the rock you climbed out from. The Senate didn't need you. The nation didn't need you. And I know for sure Texas doesn't need you. In the end, Don, your delusions of grandeur are just too much for Texas to afford, let alone the taxes you would increase on every family. Your policies are tired and do not work. And the words of my Lone Star brothers and sisters, don't mess with Texas. Now, would the real Slim Shady please sit down and let the grown-ups lead. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. If you like what you heard, please come by tomorrow. I will be back for episode 253. I will go out like I always do. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. Post-traumatic stress, TBI, anxiety and depression depression are all very real. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. They need a conversation, and it starts here. If you can't get them to talk, reach out to me. I'll make the phone call with you, or they can go to donutunfriendly.com, click on the link, and be connected to Veteran Crisis Hotline. It's that important. It is 100% anonymous, and most importantly, it's not just for veterans. It's for anybody who needs help. Dial that number. Please do me a favor again. Like, share, and subscribe to all of my social media sites. I would appreciate it. Stop on by, get yourself a cool Let's Go Brandon shirt or something else. Show your support for the dummies. Everyone online, hang tight. I will be back to answer all your questions for the after show. God bless, and I will see you tomorrow.